Welcome to Mission to Inspire, where we share life experiences in our careers, personal lives, society, culture, religion, finance, family, and much more. Meet your host, Shola Ajabadi, as she takes you on a ride to fuel your inspiration. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Mission to Inspire. My name is Shola, and I'm the host on Mission to Inspire. We've got our Guest here with me today, her name is Reverend Kara Dunk, and she's the vicar of, or the associate vicar of the parish of East Amstead here in Berkshire. Hi, Reverend Carol, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Thank you for accepting our invite to come on our show today. Um, no I'm going to leave everything to Reverend Carol, so she's going to start with introducing herself, and then we'll go from there. Over to you. Okay, um, well, I'm uh, Reverend Carol Dunk, and I'm originally from North Nottinghamshire, and um, and then moved down um, to Fleet in Hampshire for just over four years before finally moving during the first lockdown um, to Berkshire to Bracknell, uh, and uh, where I am now. <clears throat> and uh, at the moment, I'm holding the fort with the church wardens as we're in vacancy so we're without a rector at the moment um so um i'm married with um two children um one still at school studying for a levels and the other one is now <clears throat> a grown young man um and um and so yeah so kept pretty busy by everything so <laughs> great that's great to know so um, if I may ask, how did you know you were called to serve God? Because I know you're doing it full time. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, um, it started really when I was um, sort of young and growing up. And, um, and I felt very drawn to anything sort of of faith, really. And so I would love singing hymns. Um, and um, I would love looking at pictures, you know, and, and things like that. And then, uh, and always when I was at school, regardless of, um, you know, what um, school I was in, I was always asked um, to do assemblies and things like that. And, um, and then when I got to secondary school I joined a Christian union group, um, but I didn't feel um, that was quiet for me and but after a few years there I came out and really started to rebel for a while uh, and so really properly explored my um, you know sort of what I was called and, and explored my faith really mm. so I read up about all different kinds of religions and philosophies and that kind of thing and um, but Jesus kept on pulling me back <laughs> you know there was no Jesus and I remember feeling um <clears throat> sort of a, a sort of an emptiness you know sort of um you know I couldn't, couldn't imagine my life without Jesus in it mm. and so when I was 19 I was at my um nephew's baptism and um and during the communion I, I felt the Holy Spirit sort of come upon me it was a really lovely hot day and the church was nice and warm but all of a sudden I just felt as if I was being I'd got goosebumps 
filling me up gradually. It was a gradual experience. And I just really felt that I was missing out on something really important by not being able to receive communion. <clears throat> so I made a vow that I would not only um, be confirmed, but also that I wanted to start becoming an active Christian. Mm. And um, so that's what I did. Uh, and I was within a, um, you know, within a few months, I was in the choir. I was um, doing the readings. I was part of the PCC. And this was all at the age of 19. And then time progressed. And the more I did, the more God called me to do. And um, so I obeyed. And then, uh, and I remember sort of not long after the ordination of women uh, was allowed within the Church of England, that our organist um, and choir master who'd had a, basically he was the son um, of clergy uh, and his mum was a daughter of a clergy. And so he'd had a, a long background steeped in, in, you know, God's calling. And um, so he turned around to me and said I think you are called to ordination and I laughed and I went <laughs> not me <laughs> I've been the most irreverent reverent out you know and then uh, time progressed and I kept on wanting to do more and kept on feeling that I was called to do more because and every time I resisted and such a thought no god I've got too much on my plate I cannot do this he kept on pushing me and it wouldn't it would be nagging me you know and and I tried to sort of take a step back from it to make sure that it was God who was calling me and not just my own thoughts and yeah sure enough it, it was God who was calling me and then um and then sort of I was on placement when I was training to be a reader uh at my um open evangelical anglican church and my background is sort of sort of turned around to our team rector at the time and said do you know what i actually feel that i'm not called to be a reader i feel that i'm called to be a priest and he went oh <laughs> thank goodness for that carol he said we've been um you know we've been sort of um, taking bets he said as to how long it would be that you would actually uh, realize that that's what God was calling you to because it seemed as if for a long time <clears throat> that God was sort of like going go on Carol go on Carol you can do it and I'm like pushing back and going no no I can't do it and then <clears throat> and then when I actually do do it then yeah. everything sort of works out really well and, and I feel very blessed. And then he's like, going, well, actually, I think you can do a little bit more. I'm thinking, but I you know I'm only human, God, you know. And um, and you know, and sometimes it can be a bit scary. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and the rest is history, really. I sort of went on and um sort of studied for ordination and um and during that time uh, found out that I've been given the gift of healing um from from god which which makes me amused because um i think god's got a good sense of humor because of my i'm uh, dyspraxic so my hands are my weakest point i would think and so uh, and so to give me such a great <clears throat> gift to use on his behalf you know always always humbles me and and uh, you know uh, and yeah it's a scary thing to be um 
you know, to feel called to ordination mm. because it's a big responsibility, but it's also a big honor and blessing too. So, um, <clears throat> but I, I, um, I found that the more that God asked me to do, and the more that I realized that through with his help, I could do some amazing things that I never thought possible. And even just with me talking, now believe you me, I can talk a lot. <laughs> but even but even even sort of just just something that I say or, or do or whatever. And people have been really thankful and really grateful. And I'm there left puzzled thinking, what have I done? What have I said? I'm just being me, you know? Uh, and um, and I think that that's, that's what God wants me to be. He, he's called me by name, each and every one of us, you know, by name, and we are all his. Mm. But it's important that we aren't frightened to respond to that call because uh, I mean I've had some absolutely wonderful times and amazing times and I've seen and felt amazing things um and also amazing things happen um you know um I've heard um, people come to me um and uh, for prayers of healing for example and I'm always wary and always frightened that the Holy Spirit, um, you know, might not be available. Well, yeah, my calling to ordination um, was quite um, interesting. Um, it sort of gathered over the, the years and um, I was training to be a reader uh, or lay minister in the Church of England. And um, in my second year, I realised that Actually, it was ordination that I was called to rather than, um, you know, um, sort of lay readership. Um, but I wanted to finish my lay reader training and, and uh, you know, as it would be a good basis. Um, but it was really weird because when I spoke to my uh, team rector, when I was on placement at his church, which was an open evangelical Anglican church, um, and I said to him, I'm really, really feeling um torn because um I feel that I want to be doing my ministry all the time rather than just going you know stopping and, and then going having to go to my secular job um well I actually did do some ministry as well uh you know uh, God moves in mysterious ways but uh, I really wanted to have that time where I could dedicate it just purely to God's service and um, and so so it was hard, you know. I mean, I'd met people um, in my daily work where um, they would be coming in, and for something as simple as a a bus timetable, because I worked in a, a a tourist office in the the later years of my secular employment, and um, and then the truth would come out, you know. So we would be talking around this bus timetable, and then. I said, are you okay? You know, noticing that something was, was wrong. I wanted to have the courage to go and see her friend who had suddenly died. 
um, and she was frightened to go and see a dead person. Um, and so I was able to to comfort her and to give her, um, you, you know, that that gospel hope, really, that hope of the resurrection, and saying, just go in, you know, it will look as if your friend is just asleep, you know, um, but you know um and but please you know if you're feeling that way just just don't touch her because she will feel very cold um but whilst you see them there it just looks as if they're asleep and so but what you've got to remember is that you know that their soul has gone on to um to god you know and is at peace and um, so and she went along and she came back and thanked me, you know, so I was able to give her that that courage as well as that resurrection hope through through God's inspiration. And, you know, and another time was when a lady came in yet again for a bus timetable hmm. and she'd only just moved to the area and um, hadn't been in place for very long. And her husband got made redundant um, from the job that had caused them to move. And she didn't know anybody, and um, he ended up committing suicide. Oh and again, I was able to to be there for her. So, so God presents us opportunities both in <clears throat> everyday life as well as within the church context. But I found that I really wanted that to be able to dedicate my whole life in the, the service of God and and not be reliant upon rotors and you know and, and and other bits and pieces getting in the way and um so when I actually sort of started exploring and you have to go through a rigorous process you have to go through a huge set of interviews and that kind of thing but it's actually you know God doesn't nag away at you and it's important to respond to that call and it and it doesn't mean that it's all going to be straightforward you know it it means that um, you know, you have to have confidence in God. And I remember once, um, sort of once I'd been ordained and I'd been made redundant from my secular job and um, and sort of transferred to another secular job, which meant that I didn't have hardly any time to minister, if at all. Yeah. And I felt as if a part of me was missing hmm. and... Um, and it was getting me down I felt really quite low about that and then I applied for um, a post um, down in Fleet and um, and also they cut my hours down in my um, secular work and because they were re-changing and re-jigging the, the department etc um, and I'd applied for a part-time um, sort of job uh, with Marks and Spencer's um, to um to sort of hopefully tide me through until I was hoping and praying that I got this stipendary post mm. and I remember having a real rant at God and said look if you really value me and my ministry please help help us through help me through this time because of course you know it all has an impact on my family as well you know you get grumpy because you don't feel complete and they are trying to support me in whatever way that they can and um and then literally within two days of my rant um I'd got an interview for the fleet post 
I'd found out I'd got the sec the secular job at Marks and Spencers for over the seasonal period of Christmas, mm. um, and uh, and also because things were getting tight towards the end of the month because my redundancy was sort of running very short and because they cut my hours down, um, I I'd found some money in the front garden. And I don't know where it came from. I went to catch the bus <laughs> uh, on uh, the early hours of the morning to go over to Newark. And um, lo and behold, there was this money just neatly folded up in my front garden. Wow. And I looked around to see if anybody had dropped it. And mm -hmm. nobody had <laughs> dropped it. Uh, you know, I couldn't see um, anything. And lo and behold, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe this, you know. <laughs> so so uh so if people say miracles don't happen then you know they're wrong and i've and i've heard and seen it um from so many different levels honestly so and then of course i then got the had my interview uh, which is about this time um, seven years ago i had my interview mm -hmm. uh, and um and then the rest is history really mm -hmm. and i just felt so blessed i could not believe it and i just said a big thank you to God and and every day I sort of you know when I get up and I pinch myself and I think oh my goodness you know sort of um God you are amazing I'm really pleased that I answered your call yeah. and I always say to people you know never be frightened you know because even though we may not think we may find the words or the mm -hmm. or the skills or whatever yeah. God will provide you know mm -hmm. God finds way around things for us i mean yes mm -hmm. i've been ordained now for um That's true. 10 years That's now um true. but um but actually god does provide and it it took a while for me to become a full-time priest but oh. actually it's yes. been a, a blessing because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i found that because i've had that experience of being um sort of self-supporting uh, as well as um you know stipendary yeah um it means that that i've got a good understanding of all aspects and i think also because over the years when i look back and reflect and i think god has been preparing me for this since i was born basically um and i often think and and, and have, sometimes have a bit of a moan at God and say, why didn't you pick me earlier? Why didn't you sort of, you know, and, and, and I know that obviously because of the time, you know, at the time uh, women in the Anglican church couldn't become priests um, until 30 years ago. Uh, and so obviously, <laughs> you know, it was not a, a thing that was open for me. Yeah. However, sort of as soon as, um, sort of the, the barriers were pushed back um and the um sort of god kept on sort of saying come on come on you can do this you can do this oh and if you do this then mm. i think you can also do this yeah. and and it's it's having that courage to mm. put your faith in god i mean for example when my husband um my husband was in a horrible really poorly paid um, and bad condition kind of job up north and he really wanted to get out so he went for an interview and thought it was at first for a uh, full-time post but it turned out to be sort of um on a, a renewable contract every so many months 
and uh, it was uh, much more his kind of thing, much more um, sort of using his gifts and talents <clears throat> and also much more rewarding, you know, so he would be working with the occupational um, health team yeah. um, and uh, to help people in need and, and things. And and so he, um, but, but it meant having, him having to quit his full-time permanent job um, just for possibly, you know, a few months contract work and, and then sort of relying upon either being posted to somewhere else for a few months or, or, or whatever, or for that contract to be renewed. So I said to him, if we have faith, then go for it. You know, we have faith. God will provide no matter what. And at the time when he'd just given his notice in, I found out I was pregnant um, when I was going forward for um, ordination as well. So not good timing. <laughs> but God gives in many, many uh, beautiful ways. Um, and and I said, don't worry. I said, um, you know, God will provide, I'm sure. Mm. And so my husband gave up his full-time permanent job. And then, and even if it got to the within the last week or a few days of his contract expiring, it would always be either renewed or he'd be moved elsewhere. And in the end, within less than a year, he actually got a, a full-time job not far from home. Uh, and so the blessing has paid off as well, you know. So sometimes things can appear scary. So I would say to people, listen very carefully to God. Mm. And also, you'll know in your heart and heart if it is from God, because when you um, when you sort of do or, or say or whatever it is that 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 you feel called to do, mm. um, then then God will be there. God will bless it, you know. Um, and uh, um, so you know, so if you are feeling a calling of whatever kind. Uh, I mean, there are many different callings, um, you know, from welcome and hospitality to healing, to caring, to um, just being a, an evangelist, you know, to to um, and not to stand on street corners and to to preach at people, but to develop relationship and to get alongside people and to share God's love and, um, and a message of inspiration and hope to people. Yes. And of course, comfort and constancy, especially at this time of inconstancy, when the, you know the world is in turmoil. You know, and sort of um, God provides that shelter, that refuge for us to, you know, to go to, and can inspire us to do great, wondrous things, and also to to call us up, to stop us in our tracks and say, right, okay, what is it? that you have done wrong what is it that you have done right how can you improve how can you go forward mm. and I, I wish and pray that our world leaders will also think like that will also be because i think and we can truly um live in god's kingdom blessed on earth as well as it is in heaven you know so Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That's so inspiring. <laughs> Good. It's so inspiring. It's so inspiring from where you were young up to now. It's so inspiring that your journey, your calling, and how you've used it to inspire people, to help and support as well. 
It's yeah. really inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Thank I wouldn't you. be able to have done it without my family because my family are absolute angels and stars, really. And uh, and it's not been easy for them, but they are, yeah, they are all part of this journey together, really. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. And there it is, really, people. If you're cold, <laughs> please just take up the battle and, you know, do whatever God has told you to do, like Reverend Kara just um, said in 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 our story. Our story is so inspiring. It's so inspiring, honestly. Start, you really touched my heart. <laughs> oh, thank you, Shola. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. and i hope that those listening to you today who have been called will be inspired by your story and take up the you know the battle and do whatever it is that god has called them to do be being a priest like yourself or like you say just serving in any of the ministries so whatever it is that we're called to do we are all advised to take up the battle and do it, um, yeah. especially if we are so convinced that we hear from God, that we heard from God. So thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And that is it today. Do you have any other advice for our listeners out there? Um, just really, um, just if you hear a message, just test it. Just test it. Just sort of um, say if it is truly from God, because you've got to make sure that you, it's not just your own thoughts. And often if you, if you leave it for a little bit, um, not for a long time, but leave it. And if it is from God, it will come back. It will come back um, with a vengeance, believe you me. <laughs> and you will not be able to talk out of it. Uh, but if you feel called and you feel that, um, that definitely it is from God, then, you know then just go for it really and, and just pray and just continue um to to follow god uh, because i don't think that we do enough of of uh, listening and following god that's true thank you so much thank you <laughs> you know what you just said now is really true we don't do it a lot of listening and following god but really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> carol it's just because we hear so many things we hear god and then we hear other things around us and we are so confused. <laughs> yeah, tree, yeah, which yeah. one is God, which one is not God. So Yeah, yeah. That's why it's important to try and discern where it's coming from because you know you don't want to be going down the, the wrong track. No. Uh and um yeah, and, and as I say, sort of, you know, I've tested various things um throughout my um sort of ordinary life before I I felt the definite calling um, and but even when I did feel that there was something there but I couldn't put my finger on it and then when you actually do um, respond to God's call you feel a wholeness that you've never felt before in your Amen. life Amen. you feel complete uh, you know so and you know it you know it when it when it happens you will know it but don't be frightened that's what I would say embrace it Amen. We should not be frightened. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on our show today. We really appreciate your word of advice. Thank you so much. And until next time, it's a goodbye from us. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>
Thank you for joining us today on Mission to Inspire. Subscribe if you have not already done so. Like, comment, leave a message. Let's stay connected. Let's jointly inspire the world.